Hey, Dad. Hi, Joel. So throughout my life, I have been rebuked on many occasions. I don't know if that's uh, because I've got a lot to be rebuked for. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> maybe I'm more rebuke, re- rebuke worthy than most. Um, or I don't know. Maybe it's that I've shown signs that I'll take the rebuke. But uh, I have been rebuked a lot. And every time I do, it hurts. It hurts. You know, you always hear the thing, the truth hurts. Uh-huh. Um, but... I guess my question is this. How do you share the truth in love when you're going to hurt somebody with a truth that is offensive? And we live in a culture right now where it's like, well, I don't want to hear anything offensive. But in some ways, anything that's different than what you already believe is going to be offensive to your belief system. Right, yeah. So it takes some humility. It takes some, I don't know, I've heard it said, whenever you have to learn something new, it takes some death and Someone trying to kill you is offensive. Well, that's <laughs> so, true. Yeah, uh, and so was it? There's some famous philosopher said, oh, "We die, our, our ideas die so that we don't have to." So you learn ideally through someone confronting you about the wrong nature of what you believe, rather than what you believe actually killing you. So yeah, you know, oh, I, I a stupid example would yeah. be. Yeah, man, I can live off Doritos and Dr. Pepper. And somebody's like, no, you're wrong. Well, I'm highly offended that you would say I'm wrong. I'm yeah. I'm doing quite fine right now. But somebody says, no, in the long game, you're wrong. That's not going to that's not gonna work. If you ignore that advice in the name of, well, that offended me, or I didn't even like the way you presented it. That yeah. really, you know, you yeah. should have presented that more gently. And so as Christians, we get in this weird conundrum. There's a cool word, right? Conundrum. Um that's my word of the day. Conundrum is this complicated situation where we are called to speak the truth. Ephesians, the verse I'm yeah. referring to, obviously, is Ephesians 4. And it says, uh, we speak the truth. Where is it at? Instead, Ephesians 4.15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. So there's this element of we speak the truth, but we do it lovingly. And I think maybe there's some confusion around what lovingly looks like definitely yeah lovingly doesn't always mean unoffensive no yeah um you mentioned you mentioned you know that uh when somebody presents you with an idea that's contrary to yours you can easily be offended and and that's so true but but again if we both believe the same thing about everything neither of us are going to grow Neither of us are going to get any smarter or wiser. And so we, we tend to like to hang around in our bubble because we don't like to be confronted with ideas that may be contrary to what we think. And as, you know, as I've said before, I've, I, have, I have carefully examined every opinion that I hold and every single one of them is 100% correct. I don't have a single opinion that I'm wrong about. Uh, and we all believe that way, right? I mean, obviously, every opinion we have is right. Right. So when someone comes to me with a different, then I, I, I can be offended. But you pointed out something else earlier. Oh, you should have said it differently. You know, I, I, I that's what yeah. I've been rebuked for a lot is, yeah, maybe that was right, but the way you said it was just the wrong way. Which there's both sides of that, right. you know? There's the side where, yeah, as one who it's time to present that, yes, you could, harsh words stir up anger, you know, scripture says. Um, but a gentle word turns away wrath. So yeah, come across as you can come across as gently and come across as lovely. You can come across, but if I'm the one being rebuked, I also have a responsibility. It says a wise man receives a rebuke. Mm. And so I have a, and and it talks about the godly are not offended, you know, because I'm wise enough to recognize that what you're saying to me, you may be saying it in a terrible way. Yeah. Yeah. But 
it's, which I've been accused of many times. Yeah. But so, I'm usually right in what I say. Well, there's oh. a, always, <laughs> always every opinion you have is correct. Exactly. We're all that way. Yeah. So, but the point is there's two sides of the responsibility of that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the responsibility to do the best you can to present it in a loving and a kind in a way. But also if I'm being rebuked, a wise man receives a rebuke, grow up, mm-hmm. check it out. It may be, they may be totally wrong in the rebuke. So receive it, take it, chew on what's worth worthwhile or what's accurate. Cause there's usually some truth in it. They may have been so frustrated in sharing it. They may not have been able, they may not have been mature enough to share it in a polite way or a courteous way or an understanding or a loving way, mm-hmm. but you can still receive it. You can still grow from it. What, what's the way they presented it got to do with it other than my feelings, you know? So grow up just, I, this is a whole lot easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. Because it does, it touches so deeply, especially if it's somebody we love. So what if we don't think there's any value in what they have to say? For example, I have people that all the time, they respond to different things I've written. And when I listen, when I read what they respond, I'm like, let's just be honest. When I look at your life, I don't want my life to look like your life. And if thinking that way that you just responded to my thing is what got you your life, I don't want that. So what do you do with that? Because You, You just discard it. Disc- yep. yeah. yeah. Now, again, I, there is truth. I, I, I've told Elise this many times. You listen to everybody, but don't assume they have a right perspective on the exactly. world. Exactly, yeah. And that is the that is what's really hard in this world we live in because we've got this, it's so popular right now. Well, everybody's got the reality and everybody's reality is equally valid, man. Yeah. Like, eh, that's yeah. not necessarily true. And eventually reality, like the actual reality, catches up with you. Oh, yeah. And then what happens is when it catches up on you and it's painful... What most people do is complain that about the real, like the nature of the world. That's well, I'm I'm oppressed. This is not my fault, because my reality is just as valid as everyone else's reality. Yeah. So there's the there's this complexity, and and I think that's where I don't know maybe the tr- speaking the truth in love comes down to humility. Like, hey, yeah, here's what I see in you, but I might be wrong, and then of course you've got to receive it, saying, well, maybe I am wrong about something. It, but which that's very squishy. Like there's, yeah. there's a lot of uncertainty. And I, I think most of us don't like living in that area of uncertainty. Like well, what if he is right? And what we want to be defined definitively right about our opinions. And then me, I mean, especially as like, some, that's what's challenging about writing a book, right? Is as oh, you're yeah. writing a book, you're trying to say something, but y- you, you've got to do it in a humble way too. But, uh, but you're, yeah, you're you, trying to say something. Yeah. You, you something think it's right. You feel is right. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that it applies to so many different situations, so many people, you know, and what their situation, and they may take it to an extreme and feel like it's this or, you know, I was talking to a lady who does a blog on parenting and she was talking about how one of the big problems she sees in parenting is overprotecting kids. And I said, yeah, that's one of the things I've seen too. And, and she was asking me these other things and I realized each of them could be over, like for instance, oh, overprotecting. You mean I don't stop them from putting their hand on a hot stove? I don't stop my <sighs> yeah. preschooler from running in the parking lot of eight, of the grocery store? No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. And so people can always take it out of context. Yeah. And, but that's my reality. And the fact is, as you, as you were talking earlier that, you know, well, every reality is equally, no, no, no. Stupid is not a sustainable lifestyle. That's right. It will catch up with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when that happens, then hopefully they, some people, again, some people come to the end of themselves and go, man, I just, this was really stupid. I need to change the way I'm living. And other people just keep blaming others. So there's a verse that's interesting. King Solomon, he says, uh, rebuke a fool according, wait, uh, what, what is, ah, hold on. I got to look it up. 
It's where it says, don't don't rebuke a fool lest you oh, become yeah, yeah, like yeah. him. And it says, rebuke a fool lest he be wise in his own eyes. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those are the two, right? They're right together. That's the challenge. I mean, that's where people say the Bible contradicts itself. But yeah. he's basically saying you can't win with somebody who's determined to not listen to truth. Stay out of a conversation with a fool. Yeah. It's, it's the old, we would say, between a rock and a hard place. Well, it's contradictory. A rock is a hard place. Duh, that's the purpose of it. Rebuke a fool according to his folly, and you sound as stupid as him. Don't rebuke him, and he thinks he's wise. So he's just saying you're not going to win if you get in a conversation with a fool. And and a fool is basically someone who has refused to acknowledge truth, I think. Right. Well, uh, a fool has even said in his heart, there is no God. Yeah, which is God, so that's ultimate rebuking, truth. Yeah, yeah, ultimate rejecting truth. Somebody who's constantly willing to bang their head up against the wall and then you know complain about the reality of the world. It's like, well, you're just kind of bumping up against some immovable principles. Yeah. So those people, for example, I'm, I'm just thinking about people that are like, well, I've been talking to my son and talking to my son and trying to get him to change and trying to get him to change, but he just seems determined to learn the hard way. Now, yeah. some of that's just human pride. Some of it may be offense from the past with a, with a parent. So how do you confront somebody who doesn't seem, if you see someone heading to path, there's a verse that also says, rescue those who are heading towards destruction. Yeah, But if it's an exercise in futility to, and they're going to get even more offended at you. I'm using the example, say, for his son, where there's yeah. already a rift in the relationship. You see your son just doing repetitively destructive yeah. things, and he keeps going further and further downhill, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't just let him keep going that way. But yeah. every time I say something, he gets more and more offended with me. And I've seen that cycle in so many yeah. relationships, particularly par- parents with older adult children, where it's literally, it's just any rebuke they offer, yeah. even if it's in the truth, and even if it's a very loving way, that there's so much hurt in the relationship that they yeah. push back and say, I don't, just because you say it, I'm going to do the complete opposite. Right. What do you do about that? Because in some ways you're, uh, well, I've is, seen it is it more offensive too. to not speak the truth or is it uh, more offensive yeah. to speak the truth? I don't know. I've seen that over and over again too, where, you know, we would see somebody going through a difficult time and we go, man, you'd love to talk to them, but you know, you know, they're not going to listen. Yeah. I have people in my life that are that way. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I know I've offended them in such a way in the past you know, mm-hmm. accidentally. It may not even be offense. It may just be pride on their part. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or and, I and did it both. wrong. Or I did it For example, yeah. my classic, Joel, you said the right thing, but you did it in a mean way, so I'm not going to listen to you anymore. Yeah. And now I know I have no grounds to speak into their life. Yeah. Is that... Well, speaking to the parent that you were talking about earlier, I, w- I would say this, and I think <laughs> probably most parents come to this point in the life um, where they have to just let go and let life do the training. From there on out, there comes a point in time. I remember uh, saying saying to your mom one time, actually about you, my son, <laughs> that okay, well, we've done the best we can. Yeah. Um, and I think you were like nineteen years old or something. I said, it's from here on out. It's we can still talk to him because we had a good relationship. It's not like you wouldn't listen or anything, but just realize that it's going to have to be life that knocks him flat on his face. And I think at that point in time, we've put enough into him that he's going to be smart enough to get up and say, okay, I need to start listening a little more here or paying more attention or realizing I'm not the answer to every problem. And so in, in some ways, at some point in time, you just have to kind of turn them over to the consequences of their behavior. That's a very biblical concept too. First Corinthians, where Paul says there's a man living in sin among them there. Um, and he says, you need to turn him over to Satan. Whoa, that sounds terrible but it's for the destruction of the flesh so that his soul might be saved. And so let's take that parent with the kid. Okay, at some point in time, just turn him over. And you could say to Satan, I'd rather say you're turning him over to God. Okay, God. Or to his own devices. Yeah, whatever the consequences are. Lord, we've done what we can. Mm -hmm. 
Now, from here, whether God uses Satan as a tool of accomplishing his purpose, or however that works, but Lord, we're, we're more concerned about his eternal destiny mm-hmm. than about that he gets a good job and gets a good education and all this. So if, if he's going off the beam here, let him fall flat on his face. Lord, what, I'm not going to tell you what to do, God, but I'm going to turn him over to you to work in whatever it takes to get his attention for the eternal perspective keeping that eternal perspective, but continue then to love them. Just continue to love, just continue to kind of silently. Cause when they do hit rock bottom, you want to be close by to where they feel like they can come to you. So in other words, don't keep pouring salt into the wound and don't keep, well, you know, that's going to go bad for you. And this and that. So what are you saying is there is a point at which your, your words are going to continue to offend there. There yeah. are so there's so much water under the bridge yeah. that your words literally are, can't do anything but offend. So do you you back off on speaking the truth at that point and yeah, just and become a place they can run to when they know everything hit the fan? I think so when it's gotten that way. Because again, with offense, you can't really you can't really be kind to an offended person. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to go big on this. Like I'm just thinking about how many people in our country right now are just, just angry, angry, angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be about racism or inequality mm-hmm. or injustice or whatever it is, there's nothing that anyone can say to them because it's, what's it to say? A, an offended man is like a city with his walls torn down. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Solomon says that like, he's just all over the place. Like yeah. he has no, there's nothing protecting him. He's just literally every, like swinging a sword, basically swinging a sword at whatever's around him and going to yeah. swing a sword and hurt anybody that's around them. So, Offense or no offense in your words, no matter how nice you say it, they are so offended at life, at their own decisions. A lot of it, I think, is their own self-destructive decisions that have made them so so offended by everybody else. Or just ignorant and they've been taught wrong. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. I've been Which, in a system that's taught me that everything's oppressive and everything's bad. And well, that could be a home system. Yeah. My home was that way. Everybody's out to get you. I got to look out for number well, one. Well, and, and I wonder if some of that comes from the nature of not being having anyone in your life that wants to have you. I think about that, that proverb that says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And I almost wonder, um, was it Jonathan Haidt? He wrote a book uh, talking about the fact that basically we've uh, caught, it's called The Coddling of the American Mind. He says, by not presenting difficult, offensive, hard, uncomfortable truths to kids, we've made them so fragile and weak that they can't handle anything. So they're running around all offended at anything that becomes offensive to them, maybe because they weren't toughened up early on. Now, again, it's a very fine balance. We were were watching Chronicles of Narnia the other night, and I was very nervous having Elise watch all those battle scenes. I was like, is she ready for this? Yeah. she seems to be okay with it. Normally she doesn't like intense things, but she really, something about this was, she understood what was going on. So I'm like, I was praying. I was like, Lord, is this okay for her right now? But it seems okay for her right now. So it's, you know, you don't want to just let the kids to the wolves and and they get devoured. It's a fine line, but they do have to be able to see some uncomfortable truths. Yeah. But yeah, but neither do you. And if you look at the physical, it oftentimes gives you insight into the the emotional and the spiritual and things like that. And it's just the way God's designed the world. He's given us physical examples so we can understand insights of the invisible realm, the emotions and the spirit. And uh, what you're saying is you've got to let them experience some bumps and bruises so that um, they, they you, you can't keep them in a bubble all the time. And I was just thinking the other day, we were watching a family 
uh, we were out with a family and the little kids were running around and they were barefoot in this area where there's all kinds of things they could step on and get hurt. And they were, uh, they were leaning over, we were at a pool and they were leaning over the pool. And I'm thinking like, Oh my gosh, they're about to fall. But the kids did okay. You know, the kids did all okay. And I was thinking, you know, that's kind of the way we raised you guys too. I look back on some like videos and stuff we took. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I let that four-year-old swing that machete. (laughs) I know some of the stuff you let me do. I'm like, what the heck are you thinking, dad? But the idea was, you know, it's not like he's holding a, coconut and trying to cut it open with a machete he's just hitting a hitting a tree or hitting a stump or something you know with a machete so the odds of him hurting himself aren't really that great so you've got to let them and if he did it wasn't that sharp of a machete it might hurt you know it might leave a bruise but you're not going to cut your leg off or anything you know so the point is that you've got to let kids experience some things physically some bumps and bruises Mm -hmm. otherwise they grow up in a in a uh, in a bubble and then when they get out on their own it's like learning to swim it's better to let your kid learn to swim in the in a pool when you're there because right. someday he's going to have to learn to swim in the open ocean. Right. And so kids that you go, oh, it's too dangerous, son. We don't want you in here. You know, we, we're not going to let you in the pool because it's too dangerous. Someday they're going to have to swim in the open ocean. And it's much better that they swallow a little bit of water while you're standing right there with them and can help them out. Which could be translated over to if you don't risk the... Uh, you know, offending your kid with truth, offending them with if a spanking is what they need. Yeah. Um, when they're young, it's going to be an even greater offense to them and it's going to be more harmful and more painful to them later on. So, I mean, that's kind of a parallel. Like, yeah, exactly. you either offend in small doses now or somebody's going to be offended later yeah. and it, the truth is going to be beyond offending. It's going to be crushing. Yeah. And too often, parents, when a child is little, mm-hmm. They don't do the control. They try to reason with him and share all these things with him when you're supposed to be controlling. Right. And then when they hit about 13 or 14, then all of a sudden they see the kids out of control and now they try to control too late. And that's, know? yeah. And that's when the police get called in and yeah, yeah you're bailing your kid out of prison or you whatever. You need to be doing the rebuking early yeah, and doing that early so that when they're older, they're going to listen to you. Which is a real challenging thing too, because as a kid, like I, like, I just think I don't want har- my harsh words as a parent to, to destroy my child. Um, her emotions, her self-confidence. And I have to be very careful with that too, because, but I also don't want to be so kind and gentle to my kid. You know, you see kids that grew up in such a home where there was never a rebuke, even of of something they were doing. And they end up either later hating their parents for the offense of not having spoken the truth. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of it. Or uh, the, the truth was spoken so harshly that they don't, want to hear anything like that it's a very tricky balance well, but but you used the word i mean a key word you had was my harsh words rebuke doesn't have to be harsh mm. in fact what does it say speak the truth in how love. in love and what is love well you know first corinthians 13 or the fruit of the spirit would be a better example of that you know in galatians where it says the fruit of the spirit is well it says fruit so the fruit of the spirit is love then it amplifies what love is it really basically defines love peace patience, kindness, gentleness. So speaking the truth in gentleness, in kindness, in patience, that's what it's saying. Speak the truth through, not harsh. When we speak harshly, it's usually because we've allowed it to go too far Mm. or because we haven't brought ourselves under control. We're upset with them because of what the way they make us look. They're upset with them because they're getting into our agenda. They're messing with my time or whatever. And that's not speaking the truth in love if it's harsh or you've let it go too far. You've, you've told them once, don't do that, honey. Don't do that, honey. Don't. I said, stop. You know, 
what well, you should have just taken action the first time and then you don't have to be harsh which is where the truth is going to have some pain to it in general and yeah. i guess that's where it's the responsibility of every christian to i guess guided by the holy spirit which is i wish i could give you a checklist on how to do that <laughs> but it's literally it can be different in every situation where it's like i have to speak the truth here but I, I have to do it in 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 a, in a way guided by love, yeah. joy, peace, patience, kindness. And if you don't see those things in the way you're speaking the truth, you're you're well. First of all, you're going to offend harmfully. Yeah. But it's I mean, you're always going to offend with the truth. And maybe it's not time yet. Yeah. You need maybe you need to bring yourself under control before you speak the truth in love. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a review on your listening platform of your choice. For more from Joelle Malm, check out joellemalm.com. And more from Rick, check out rickmalm.com.